Strong Enough merch is now available. Go to strongenoughpod.com and see all the things that you can get to show your strong enough pride, as well as remind people and yourself that you are strong enough and you are worth it. Welcome to the Strong Enough Podcast, where we talk about the challenges and celebrate the triumphs of people from all walks of life. I'm your host, Claudia. Today's guest is back for round two. She's going to talk about living with depression, raising two kids with special needs, and why it's important to remember to take time for yourself. Please help me welcome Anka Van Duren. Anka, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm good, and I'm so excited to have you here today. And I want to start for those who can see us right now and say that we are having a twinsy moment. So if you would pick up your mug, you got that. That's right. So I don't know what's in your mug. We might not be twinsying there, but it's not coffee. That's all I'm going to say. It's not coffee. Me, it's just tea. I figured yours was going to be tea. So cheers to you and and cheers to your second appearance on Strong Enough. So for those people who may not know you or who didn't see your first episode, why don't you tell us a little about you? Well, I'm Anka. Um, I won't say my last name because most people won't be able to say it anyway. <laughs> um, I'm from the Netherlands. Um, I am a mom of two special needs kids. I'm married. And well, I've had a past, and that's why I was there last time to talk about depression and all that kind of stuff. So let's see what this talk, this talk brings us. Yeah, we're just gonna roll into it and and hopefully have a good time and also share some meaningful stuff with people. I do want to start by asking a little bit about depression and art, because I know that art is very important to you. I would love if you would share kind of how you figured out that art helped a little bit with your depression and what that means to you now. Well, I've always liked art. When I was younger, I went to an art school. It was like a teenager. It wasn't like I was there every day, like that kind of stuff, but it was like every Saturday all our kids came together. It was actually in Belgium, but that's not that far from here. So it's like, it was only two towns away. <laughs> that's how close I am to Belgium. But they have like classes and I just loved it. And just life came into the way and I stopped drawing and stopped doing art for like 15 years. And in 2019, I got to a point where I was like, and at the end, I almost ended my life. Thank God I didn't. But art became very important to me. I noticed that I wanted to do something again, and I missed it. So even after 15 years, you can still miss something. It was in the beginning, it was still like, oh, my God, I'm so bad. <laughs> but it's the same with everything. Practice, practice, practice. And I noticed that it was giving me peace, that it was like, I was able to be in like a different world, but yet in the here and just create just even if it was not the greatest, it was getting my art and getting my vision out of my head. So I started with 
drawn things that I just, you know, I, I saw a picture and I wanted to draw it. That, that's how I started. Like, that's how everybody starts, like trying to copy something. So, well, and it took off from there. And now I'm painting again and doing other stuff. So just trying new things too. Like, what's new? I tried to, to draw on, on wood the, a while back and it was fun to do. So just keep adding. Like, what can I do now? I'm so envious of people like you that can draw because I can't really even draw a solid stick figure. Uh, my stick figures always look like this, you know, it's, it's not good. Um, <laughs> so how do you feel though, when you're learning these new mediums of art? So, you know, from going to, paper to digital and painting and just different things how does that feel for you to to try to learn something new like that it was scary in the beginning because like the first things I did like on digital that was that was really like a big step for me and I I was like this is not the same as paper at first I was like oh I can't you know I'm not drawing something and then I can like get my my eraser but I was like oh wait but I can shrink things and I can make them bigger and I was like oh wait no this has other options <laughs> and now I'm trying new things with brushes because apparently you can buy even more brushes and just play around so and sometimes I get challenges from people that that's fun too <laughs> what would you say is the thing that you're most proud of when it comes to your art like what is what is the one piece that is near and dear to your heart I think in the end it's going to be my elephants it's the first time that I really 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 didn't see any mistakes like I always see mistakes in my work it's like a lot of people say like, oh, but your art is the best, but I'm like, no, that face is like a little crooked or like its nose is not correct or the eyes are bigger than they're supposed to be. And that was, and to me, I never drew elephants because they are so difficult to draw. I mean, they have so many wrinkles and so many things. So I was so scary to do it, but it came out so great in my opinion that I, I it's still going to be one of my favorite pieces and it's the one that I sold the most actually of print so okay so that's always a good thing uh the more you sell the better right yeah and I guess they feel that it's like that that passion is there or like that I'm proud of it I don't know it's like it has a vibe <laughs> it definitely has a vibe uh, I know that you try to draw every day and it's it's something that is very important to you to get that drawing time in. And there's there's days few and far between where you just can't do it because life happens. How does that affect you mentally and emotionally when you don't get that time to take for yourself to do that? It's been a process too because I had a period that if I couldn't draw, I was just cranky. I was mad at myself. Like, why didn't I draw? It, I'm letting it go more now. Like, it's, I'm thinking more like, okay, this is a hobby. This is something that brings good to me. And if I'm getting frustrated because I can't draw, then it's not good either because it's giving me stress. 
So I'm letting go more like, okay, so this is was a busy day. I've been busy. I've been doing my things. I'm just letting go that sometimes, you know, it's not there. But then I do try to like even that they always try to do something like take a bath or do at least something that really gives me a little peace before I go to bed or anything because that's the most important thing you can do. So, What do you think that you are showing other people? And what I mean by that is you... You post a lot on social media about the things that you do for yourself. So you post when you draw and kind of your progress in that. And you post your bath time and sometimes your funny bath bombs and the bath bombs that go wrong. And if you want to know about that, just go to Anka's social media. Um, But what do you think that those things show other people about how important it is to take time for yourself? Because, I mean, I also share when my depression was there, like when when I was having a hard time that I didn't take that time. And there was a time when I went into full workout mode and that was, I ended up hurting myself. I still work out because it's very important and I still see it as very important. So, but I lost where I wanted to (laughs) I do that all the time. I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached. <laughs> but just showing that that you you know, and that life isn't like perfect either. Like that you even in your me time you can have mistakes and can you know, but see the fun in that. Like see the laugh in it. Like my miss that, but <laughs> that was a fail. That was a total fail. And I don't even want to say what it is because I want people to go look at it. And we will share your social media handle at the end here. So if anybody doesn't know it, they can go see the fail and and hit the heart on that so that they saw it. I love what you said about showing people that life isn't perfect and that even in self-care, it's not always perfect. And I think that's something that so many of us struggle with, especially when it comes to social media, because we're so focused on showing the high moments of our lives and we don't always show the low moments. How important is it to you to be able to show those low moments and gain support from other people and let other people know that it's okay? For me, it's mostly when I share share it, it's also just for me to get it out because the more you talk about stuff, the better. I even had the discussion with that with one lady on social media the other day. But it's, how do I say it? Um, it's just about being real, I think. And, and, Showing only the perfect things will will only make people feel that that they're not perfect. Like, oh, but that's she's like perfect. Everything is perfect about her. And why isn't that me? And if people see more, and I'm glad that more and more people on social media are doing it, showing their downsides and like with the depression, I'm kind of like I want to tell people like it's okay. I mean. If you accept that you have a depression, that's the start. That's like, okay, and now I can work on that. Because if you are already not 
like accepting that there is a depression, then you can't go forward. Like you have to start, and by accepting what is there and that it's not perfect, even at me time, it's like to me you have to always feel like it's good. I, I that's not the good English, sorry, <laughs> but it has to feel good for you, like. As I said, like if if I couldn't draw and I'm getting stressed of that, that's not a good sign. That's not like okay, I wasn't able to draw today, but I did, and then showed list what I did do, and it's the same with like the bad times. I try to tell people like, if you have a day, it's like one hour has been shitty. That doesn't mean the day was bad, but most people keep like focusing on that one hour but it was like it's 24 hours that one hour is nothing like your day was good like what was the positive in that day and i'm learning more and more to appreciate that i think it's hard for a lot of people and i don't necessarily know why but we do as a society seem to go towards that focusing on the one bad hour instead of the 23 other okay or really good hours or the hours that you spend sleeping, which I love because sleep is like one of my favorite things to do. So all those hours are fantastic. What do you think we need to do to get more people to, to change that story, to be able to look at those 23 other hours instead of the one not so good one? Keep talking about it. I mean, keep telling people like, okay, today was, even if the day was bad, you can always look bigger. Like, okay, today was bad, but like in my entire week, that day was, you know, the week was good. Like, oh, you can always look like the bigger picture. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that that one day was bad, that it's gonna, you know, suck tomorrow. It's just, and I always try to get up with the feeling like, okay, I'm getting my cup of tea. And it's like, it's a new day. We're going to start a new yesterday. That didn't go so well. So let's not do that today. And let's go for it again. And I noticed with that attitude, it's like every day is a new. And you get over those bad moments easily. Because it's like, oh, that wasn't so nice. And you get like, mm -hmm. and then most of the times, me 10 minutes later, I'm like, I was a man again. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Or it's like I realize that it's that I'm getting mad over like something that's just not important or not so it, it was something small that in the end did it matter? I almost did quoted Link Link Park. <laughs> yes, and now it just went through my head as well. So what do you think about the cultural differences in dealing with depression. So you live in the Netherlands, you associate with a lot of people in America and other countries, you've been to America, coming back hopefully soon. Do you find that there are cultural differences in how people in your country view depression and other mental health issues and then how other parts of the world deal with and view mental health issues i actually had this discussion with a friend and 
with with a friend in America and with a friend here in the Netherlands because they're kind of on the, in a spot now where it's not going well either. And I kept saying, keep talking, go to ter- a parrot English, <laughs> a therapist. <laughs> and I say the same thing. I used that a few a few times, like go to a therapist. That's not bad, but if you don't feel a click with that person, go look for another one. That's the same, and that doesn't matter in what country you are. But I was kind of disappointed in a way that in both America and the Netherlands, mental health isn't seen as a priority by like doctors. If you call the doctor like, oh, I'm I'm not feeling well mentally and all that kind of stuff, there's a waiting list to go to a therapist. I'm like, how is there a waiting list? That stuff, my friend is trying to get there. They said it was going to take three months. That's way too long. That's way too long. And I'm like, and thank God here in the Netherlands, you can get like, they have assistance at the doctor and you can talk to them. So you do get somebody that you can, it's not like the big deal of the big therapist, but at least you can talk about your problems and talk about. So that's, that's a good thing. But other than that, I'm, and in America it's the same, like you have to wait so much or they don't take you seriously. Like, are you sure? Except here in the Netherlands, if you say like, I want to end my life. If you only say it once, then the doctor is going fast. I don't know why that is, but it, and that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. Like if they, they immediately say like, oh, wait, how long have you had this symptoms? Or what, what do you feel? Then, then it's like an alarm bell going off and action. So that's a good thing. That's fine. How do, how do people feel about medication there? Is there a wide acceptance of medication for mental health issues or not so much? In my, because it depends on kind of where you live, but my doctor, because it depends on your doctor too, but my doctor is like, if we can do it without medication, we will. But she's also realistic. Like if she really sees that somebody is struggling, then she's like, no, we're going to give you some medication at least to, you know, stop the stress and all that kind of stuff. So I know somebody that also goes to my doctor and she got medication and I didn't get medication back then. So, and I'm not really one of those persons for medication anyway. So they normally, I already have to take medication for my thyroid and that's like, that's already a thing. <laughs> So you don't want to add any more on top of it if you don't no. have to. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. So you mentioned earlier that you are a mom and that you are the mom of two special needs kids. And I know that's got to be challenging on top of everything else. So how do you balance dealing with the special needs of your children and making sure that they get everything that they need and your own wellness and well-being and making sure that you get everything you need. It's been a struggle and that's kind of how my depression started that I was just keep I I just kept going. I didn't ask for help. I just I just kept going and I I knew that I was struggling and I knew that my kid back then she didn't get like a, a diagnosis yet, but the older one does have kind of a diagnosis, but she's a bit more like she just her emotions are just too much. And like in a big classroom, she gets overwhelmed. So that's, 
but my youngest has autism so that's kind of and so autism that can go all kind of ways so like like every person is different every autistic person is different too but hers is pretty happy because she's 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 nine but she's she has the cap- capability of a three-year-old so i have kind of have like a toddler in the house and a teenager so that combination is <laughs> but now i ask for help and in the netherlands you actually get you can get help in the house but it's not like she's got she's there like every day but she just comes every week she comes for like two hours and we just talk about stuff like stuff needs to be done she can help me with that so that's the first step i took and they have a good initiative uh for special needs kids they can have weekends sadly my daughter was too heavy for that because there's more people or more kids there so they and she really needs one-on-one because else she will walk she will run away and not like she will run away because she wants to but because she's distracted by a butterfly or whatever so she was not we we couldn't do that for her and that was a big bummer for me because it was like even if i just have a weekend that i can just like and we couldn't do that so we got the help and they together with us try to find a place where she can stay so now she's she gets to school on monday she from school she goes to a, a stay over house i don't know how else to call it in <laughs> and from there she goes to school again on tuesday so every monday and monday night i have just the elder and despite that she's a teenager she's you know you don't have to constantly watch her like you have to do with a toddler because she does have also have the toddler face like taking things out of the cupboard and all that kind of stuff and with that teenager i don't have to think about that so and that step it was a hard step because in a way you feel like you're abandoning abandoning your kid at least that, that's how i felt like i'm i'm just putting my kid away and like oh you know and so it was a hard decision but it's a good decision for all of us also for my oldest daughter because now she has a day where it's not about her sister and it's not like that i'm constantly have to watch her sister and i can just say things to her we can do things together so it's it in the end it was a good step for the entire family. So. I love that you said that because that was one of the things that I did want to talk about because I know that you did feel some guilt, uh some mom guilt, parent guilt when you were thinking about having her go to that stay over home once a week and it was a hard decision for you to make and decide to do that. What I love that you just said is it it ends up being the best decision for all of you. Everybody in your family is benefiting. So what would you tell people who are in that place of being either afraid to ask for help or they feel guilty about asking for help, whether it's with their kids or with their mental health issues? What would you say to those people about how you made the decision and got past the guilt? Well, it's a, it's a mind thing, so it's it's difficult. It's it's not something you do in like a day. Like just don't think about, you know, that's not. But think about the bigger picture. I always say and you're doing it for and if you still feel like it, it's you're doing it for you and for your kid because in the end it's 
also very important to get your me time and get your rest because if mom is happy, the kids are happy. And I had that that conversation what I said online. She kept saying like, "No, I feel guilty because you know I I I I'm always there and my kid is always there and I miss like a, 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 an adult to talk to, and I feel guilty." And I was like, "You you deserve me time." And she was like, "No, I don't." And I was like, "How how?" I was like, "You do. Everybody deserves me time." I mean, even my husband, he's like always working, and then he comes home and. A lot of times he does other stuff or he doesn't do that much in a house keeping, but because he works so much, even he deserves his me time. I mean, he has to get his frustration out and he can do that with me, but he like he's going on a, what was it again? A high beer. It's like you can just, you get little, little dinner and then you get like beers to taste. So they're, they're going to do that. Summer in April. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I thought you would. You can, you can, where they're going, they have also have a high wine and you can have it together. Like if somebody likes wine, they can have the high wine and the other one. Can get the I, I want, I want to come and do the high vine. So I want the beer and the wine. I want to do the high vine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a high tea. That's kind of the idea, right? It's high tea, but then with beer. Or, <laughs> I love this. This is this is the most amazing thing that we have revealed during this entire conversation. Especially becoming a big thing here. So it's, you can have it on multiple spots. You can already do it. So I love this. We're, we're, we're the country that, especially where I live in Brabant. That was a bit English. Brabant. <laughs> That's better. But it's, we are a bit of a beer region. Like we like to eat. We like to. We're we're the. I don't know how that. The Gondis. I don't know if that's even an English word, but we like to eat. We like to drink. We like to party. You know, be together and have fun. I like all these things, so I would fit right in there. I feel like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't come here to carnival. You can have this time or dress up. <laughs> yes, this is amazing. You mentioned your husband. I would love it if you talked a little bit about other than drinking beer. Uh, what are some of the things that he tries to do for me time? Because again, I think it's hard, especially for men, to focus on self care and understand that they need to take time for themselves. So, what are the, some of the things that you have found successful for him uh, for his time? Well. He's been a workaholic for a long, long time, and he actually never did it. When when I met him, he was uh, he was a fisher. He liked to fish, and he like one day and the other he like all his fish gear is gone. It's kind of sad. He was good at it actually. I I went with him once, and I there was this tiny fish, and I I it was even too scared to hold it. I'm, I'm not good at fishing, but it was a, it, I he really liked it, but. You know, after a while, it just worked, worked. And now we have, like, it's not necessarily a new friend group, but it's a group that kind of after Corona combined together, like, that we knew each other. And now with those guys, we have some kind of bond. And I'm now kind of like, just go. And he has another friend group from way back when he was in high school. (laughs) 
and they always go to the to the movie theater. So he does that too, and he said no to them a lot of times. So I'm glad they still ask him to come, but he went there last time too. And then he talks about like the movies they're going is always a movie I want to see. I'm like, of course. Why? He went to so many Marvel movies, and I was like, but I wanted to see it. What about me? <laughs> yeah. But he, he, I'm glad he started to ask, because it was a while that he was just like, you know, for me, I always have to think about, like, having to have somebody to babysit the kids if I go, or have to make sure that he's home, while he can just make it a, you know, the guys say, like, oh, tonight we're going out, and then he just leaves. Like, I'm like, well, hello. What about <laughs> and me and everybody else? <laughs> <laughs> and he's learning how to. And I, I, I kind of think it's, it's also sweet that he's like, so the guys want to go to the theater. Can I go? And I was like, it's so nice that you're asking me. And I always say yes. Because <laughs> what I said, it's important. He has to have his me time too. So, you know. He one time planned it wrong because I also had my me time that day. So that was kind of... So we need a me time calendar, it sounds like. Well, it was fun because I thought like this is going to be a problem. Then his friend said like, oh, we have to like move it one day. And I was like, problem solved. Done. Worked out perfectly. Solved itself. So I know that you have a lot of online interaction, um, both personally and then also in leading or running uh, a fan club for a band. And we don't have to necessarily get into that specifically, but what I want to ask you is how are you able to impact people that you come into contact with when it comes to dealing with depression, dealing with special needs kids? through these online platforms? I just put my stuff out there. Like, I'm I'm just honest about him. And also, like, I think a long time ago, like, I think it was even three years ago when I started, like, really breaking down, I even posted a picture of me, like, completely crying. Like, my face looked so bad and ugly. And I was like, this is mom life, too. This is what having a special need kid is sometimes, too. And I got so many positive reactions, like, oh, I'm not feeling well, too. Or like, oh, it's so hard. I have a special needs kids, too. And, and then you see how many kids have autism. That's kind of good to see, too. It, it, it is funny. I still think that there's more boys diagnosed with autism than girls, because girls apparently are better at hiding it. I never knew that until I got a girl that has autism. She has it in such a way that she can't hide it. So, <laughs> Wow, I had no idea. I think it's cool, though, that you have been able to connect with so many people online. What difference has that made for you to be able to find that support and find those other people saying like, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm struggling too. I'm having a bad day too. I have a, a daughter or son with autism too. What does that mean to you? It means a lot also because they open up to me in a way that's, you know, different than just like, oh, hey, how are you? Like the old, all the DMs where you're kind of like, oh, God. Uh, but it's it's just nice that to just know that I'm not alone. Sometimes they try to give me tips and that is different because a lot of 
people that I connect with are from America and a lot of things work differently here because if I want to get something from like the government or anything to help her out there is a lot available in the Netherlands but you have so much paperwork to go through before you get it so because she's going to a new school soon and I have a lot of paperwork to sign up <laughs> but it's all worth it all worth it Definitely all worth it. I wish they could get rid of some of the paperwork when it comes to medical care. And school said it like I. I'm sorry you have to like, but they have like this extra money that that special need or like disabled kids get because she's officially disabled now, apparently. <laughs> Which kind of is because it's this uh, disabled. That's I, I learned so much in this world, but disabled person means that it's affecting your daily life and then you're disabled so i was like oh i never actually thought of it like that like yeah and yes she is disabled because yeah she's struggling in that way but she's still having a good time she's not really that like she's a bit oblivion about it because in her mind she is three so you know she's like living her best life And everybody loves her. I don't know what that is, but everybody seems to love her. <laughs> she is adorable. I will tell you that. She is absolutely adorable. Well, she's speaking. <laughs> I mean, she's doing better than me in multiple languages. So what is it like when you look towards the future at dealing with a child with special needs? And as she gets older, but maybe mentally or emotionally doesn't really get older how do you deal with the uncertainty and the fear that you might feel in looking towards that it has been a part of just letting it go a bit like I already say like as long as she's happy I don't really mind where she's ending up or what she's doing for a job if she even is able to do a job maybe she has to go into you know, uh, a certain place where she can stay when she's older. I don't know. Future Hotel, there are a few things that I'm always kind of like that pops in my head. Like, I was like, it's a girl. She's three in her head if she stays this way because she's already like three for a lot of years. So I'm not really thinking that she will get any well, more higher in her ranks. I don't know how to say it. But I was like, yeah, but she's a girl. Those have periods. That's how are we gonna do that? Because she still is like body training, she still has trouble with it. Like it's she still has accidents, she still has you know, she does she forgets to flush the toilet, stuff like that. Like it's small things but still she forgets those. And I was like, if she has a period, how how are we gonna teach her how to do that like in a proper way? I was like and I actually told that to the help in my house. And she was like, we'll deal with that when it's done. Like, just relax. <laughs> so that's nice to have her too. Like, she's like, I know that that is boring. And I like that it, I have a connection with that with that woman that I can say those things. And she said, just do keep telling them. I said, like, she said, like, at least, you, you know, you get, get it out there. And it's like okay, this is bothering me and we can work on it if we can't work on it yet because, well, we can't teach her anything yet because it's not happening yet. (laughs) 
So it's it and it it helps me to just like okay, you're right, not that far yet. Just relax. Take it one day at a time. Yes, and it is one day at a time. It's like. When she wakes up, I already know if it's gonna be a stressful day for me or like a day that I, that that she's gonna be fine. Like she's gonna be like a happy toddler that's just gonna play and do stuff. And there's times she wakes up and it's like immediately already like oh god, she's like pulling things out of the cupboards and she has done it a few times trying to make her own pancakes and she just gets everything she can that she thinks needs to be in a pancake. Which is not always the right thing, <laughs> but yeah. Then 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 it's most times that I'm like upstairs for five minutes, and then I come down, and it's like my entire kitchen is white of flour and all that kind of stuff. Yay! <laughs> what is other than how to make pancakes? What is one thing that you really want the world? to see about how you deal with your kids, your marriage, yourself, and everything that you're going through, what do you want people to say, man, that Anka sure is what? Um, <laughs> I hope honest or something. I don't know. It just, this is my life. I'm like, I'm not trying to be somebody, somebody I'm not. I've been how do I say it? Before my depression, I've always was somebody I wasn't because people wanted me to be a certain way and I totally let that go. And since then, I'm kind of like, and I'm showing it online. I'm like, everybody's looking at those models and they're like, oh, they have such a good life. and Or like they, they're they're showing a car. I had that late last time and somebody said like, oh, they bought a new car and how, how do I do that and all that kind of stuff. They, they're so rich and... I wish I was so rich. And I was like, well, you don't know what's behind it. And she was like, what do you mean? They could have a loan for those cars. You don't know. I mean, even even the cars online are sometimes just, they're still at the, <laughs> where they right. at, the at the dealer. <laughs> they just take a picture at the dealer. We're like, oh, that's my new car. And exactly. <laughs> so you just do you feel freer now? Because you said before depression, you kind of, you weren't, you never got the chance to be yourself because you were being somebody that people wanted you to be. So now that you deal with depression, do you actually feel freer and able to be you and comfortable with that? Yeah. Um, I've, I've learned to let go of a lot of stuff more and like, especially opinions from other people. Like, I could be stuck in somebody's like opinion about me. Like even a, a, a few years back, if somebody would say something, I would be like, oh, I'm not like that. Like, and now I'm thinking like, yeah, if you think about me that way, I'm sorry. I thought I did my best. Okay. And I just, especially on social media, it's just like unfollow or block. So it's easy to do that. But in real life, I let go of some people in real life too. So. Just and sometimes it wasn't even because we were like having a bad relationship or something. It just grew apart. Like they had a different kind of life. And when you have special needs kids, you do re you do find out who your real friends are. Because a lot of people are like they always say no because we can't 
always go somewhere because if she has one of her days or I had to do a lot alone uh, a few years back and I had to say no a lot because I was not able to watch two kids by myself in a big place or it was like is there a fence around it so she doesn't walk away stuff like that you know I was constantly busy with that and people were like oh we're annoying no we're not asking her anymore at first I was like why I mean I'm losing friends you know and now I'm thinking like well I guess they weren't supposed to be my friends I guess like it's it's we learn to deal with it so I think sometimes in real life, we also need to block and unfollow people. Yes. I think, I think that's totally fine. We have talked about some, some pretty heavy stuff. We are going to take a turn here and talk about another topic before I let you go. A topic that is near and dear to both of our hearts, and that is tattoos. Now, you can't see any of your tattoos right this moment. Now you can. (laughs) You can see my tattoos as well right this moment because I, once again, get to wear a short sleeve shirt. Uh, I want to hear about your favorite tattoo right now that you have. Oh, that's a good one. I think it's my leg tattoo from Full Metal Alchemist. It's one of my favorite series. And it is a seven sins. I think last time that that I was on I was still getting it it was like partially done I think and now it's done and it's still one of my my when summer comes I'm kind of like I'm not one of those people that gets the two to show off but I'm kind of proud to show it up (laughs) how long did that take because I know it was it was quite the process so how many sessions did that take you oh I think it was five sessions of three hours. That would be 15 hours total. That's a lot of skin on your leg. <laughs> there is a lot of skin on your leg, even if you're skinny and you are. So that's that's a lot. What was the most painful part of that? I think the inside of my knee. I like, well, it depended on like, it, I always say that like when I'm tired, that's, Oh, that I had like I went to Nottingham, uh, like to England for for a concert, and I came back on December second, and December third I got a tattoo, like immediately the day after, and I was like, oh, I'll be fine, but that was in my inner side of my leg, my other leg, and I was like, this thing hurts. I was like, I never had so much pain on a on a tattoo. I was like. What's going on? But that was just because I'm. I was tired. I was, yeah. So that's a big. I already say to people like, what hurts the most? I was like, depends on how you feel, how well you slept, you know, stuff like that. It, it's that's definitely you definitely have to think about that. And my hand tattoo was pretty painful too. But I know we have talked about this before that tattoo sessions there are a little bit different in that you do like three hour sessions ish and here they will pound away on your skin for seven, eight hours at a time. Well, you I, can, that- you, I, I found out that there are Dutch artists that, so don't worry. It was my artist just chooses to do that. Like I'm only doing three hours for max 
but he also does it for himself like that he doesn't himself doesn't get like you know he is already a bit older too well he's not that old he's 50 that's not old but but he says that he's getting older so he's kind of like i need to like take steps too because if i go out at a, at a, for eight hours she said like the last hour you're gonna have a sucky tattoo and i don't want to do that so it's kind of his own choice to like to get like a good tattoo so what do you think you would prefer like do you are you good with the three-hour sessions or do you feel like oh my gosh if i could just get all this done at once and be done with it that would be great i like the three-hour sessions because most of the times i find out especially because i do have that steroid problem and my immune system like after a few hours it it hits me it's like you can see me bleeding like crazy and stuff like that so you can see that my skin is also getting like yeah irritated so for me it's like it's perfect i i did one session of four hours and that went really well because it was at a spot that was i always fell asleep <laughs> so but yeah i think for me that three hours is like it's a good stop and like i don't mind like waiting he said it to me and i and that that will always stick in my mind also when people say like oh i'm getting too old to get tattoos it's there for the rest of your life that week or two that you have to wait or or even if you have to wait a month it's gonna be there for the rest of your life so that that's not gonna matter and i learned that especially also with corona because i got it got postponed a lot of, a lot of appointments so and i got frustrated but it was more like a frustrated like i was excited to get it too and then i had to wait that was kind of more it was not necessarily like oh no i'm not getting it because it, i i am getting it but i just had to wait what is next what do you think will be your next tattoo i kind of already have a little bit of a design i i, I went to a, a show for carnival we had to go to a, a, a orchestra like that that's playing here in our village they have to like put on a show and the one that organized it made a a, a design of um i don't know how it's called in english but it's like what it's in, at the front of a of a of a, a music uh, bar i don't know what it, I, if i show you the picture you're like oh that one right right <laughs> But it's like a little blocks. It's like it's like a little design, and it's full of color. And I saw it, and I was like, "I'm taking this with me." And I wanted like I I wanted my one leg is 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 full metal, and I want to dedicate my other leg. So yes, my entire leg will be. <laughs> but I want to dedicate that to music because I now have a lot of lyrics on there and a guitar. So I want everything music. I want to be on there, and I was immediately like, "I want that." And the one that designed it knows that I want to get it. So she was like, oh, because he's like a teenager. So she was like, somebody wants my design on the tattoo. And I was like, I'm going to show it to the tattoo artist and the tattoo artist will make something, you know, because I always let the tattoo artist make like the design. If he chooses to like take it as is, then that's it. But I want him to have the input because he's the one who has to put it on my body. It's like when people ask me to draw something for them to get to do them, like, one, are you sure? <laughs> and two, let the artist, you can get my drawing and like give it as a reference. I wouldn't mind that, but like let him use it as a reference and let him, 
let him do his own thing to it because he's the artist. He's like the one who also has to put it on his skin. And I've had people ask me if I wanted to tattoo them. That's a big no. <laughs> Interesting. Would was, you ever tattoo anyone? I don't think I would because I would be so scared to fuck it up. And I told, I told that person too. She was like, no, I really want to get something from you. I was like, but tattooing is something different than putting on, on paper. I mean, on paper, I can erase it. And like, I mean, if I put a stripe on your leg, it's going to be there forever. Always. <laughs> and I Always. don't have... I don't have the knowledge. Does it get so different? Like, how do you shade a, with a tattoo gun? I, I mean, I see see it done, but like, how do you actually do it? <laughs> so, no, I will never. Maybe if I ever get an apprentice, but, but to be honest, I don't think that's my kind of. Although I would fit in at a tattoo shop, probably. But <laughs> you absolutely, absolutely would. Anka, where can people find you? So if they want to check out your art or if they want to check out your fan page that you run for a band or if they want to check out your personal page so that they can also witness the bath bomb disaster, where can they find you? Um, most of the, I, I'm most active on Instagram because I also have a... Um, a YouTube, but I'm slowly getting stuff on there. But most of the names are just Anke Bomb Day. So that's Anke. You're going to put it in the description probably because it's more that it is actually Anke Valdore. <laughs> so, and my art page is just art by in front of it. And well, my fan page is uh, Shine Down Nederlands. And Nederlands is just the way we say the Netherlands. So it's just the Dutch way of saying it. But that's just for that band and that craziness. <laughs> right on. Well, I will put all of those on the screen and in the show notes so everybody will be able to track you down. Anka, you have been absolutely amazing today, as usual. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit more about your story and your life and what is going on with you. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me again. <laughs> If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media so you'll never miss what's going on. Remember, until next week, you are strong enough, you are worth it. Thank you for listening to the Strong Enough Podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform by searching Strong Enough. And on YouTube, we're on the Spear Talk channel. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Strong Enough Pod. If you have suggestions for an upcoming episode or a future guest, please reach out at strongenoughpod at gmail.com. Remember, you are worth it.